This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Tuesday, it's the 11th of July, 2023. Today it's all about your feedback and also my new purchase. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, do you know what I didn't do today? What do oh, you do? Just you know I forgot Scott? to do. I forgot hmm. to bring something with me. Do you notice anything missing? No. You don't notice anything missing. The thing yesterday you were all excited about. Oh, I've totally forgotten that. I well, mean, that was yesterday. Thankfully, I've just remembered where it is. Hang on. There we oh, go. Oh, yes, of course. <sighs> Our own applause. <laughs> <laughs> this, this can't be a regular thing. I'm, I'm sure Mr. F said we're not allowed to use AI. Um, <laughs> it's not AI. It's not. It was genuinely generated. Yes, that Gigi. was recorded at our recent live performance That's at Glastonbury <laughs> or, or somewhere, some festival. At Toronto's finest oh, yes. festival. Yes. That uh, one most recently. The Roughnecks Stadium stop in that. Regina. Stop that now. We'll get was booed it out. Roughnecks? Roughbacks? It's like that. Anyway, it was beautiful. Wow, right, okay. Uh, I think we should stop this yes, immediately. Uh, anyway, how are you? It's Tuesday. We're into the week. Ah, uh, I am gorgeous. Like, I've been having computer difficulties oh, well, what's new i've been oh i you know what i had uh sorry was that, that was me trying to be sympathetic yeah i know I, I just i just swept over that forget <laughs> you know i had a blue screen of death <gasps> oh it was beautiful in one way it just took me right back yes um i had to, <laughs> to what last last time it was yesterday <laughs> day before no. Windows has got so much better. I haven't had a blue screen in ages. I had to refresh my PC, which basically delete everything, the nuclear option. And, um, yeah, the trouble when you do that, you forget how much stuff you need to put back on. So (laughs) for the last so many days, I've been trying to sort it all out. But I think I'm up and running again. Maybe. Well, you're here, which is a start. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, You got this new mixing console. Uh, Soundcraft, what was it called? The 12 multitrack or something? Well done. The Soundcraft Signature 12 MTK for multitrack. Yes, I was so excited. I thought this is going to be beautiful. Can I get it to work? Oh, man, I've been for about five days now. I've just been constantly unplugging cables, plugging cables back in, installing drivers. I can't get it to work. Well, that's an absolute success. And congratulations, what a glorious story, I tell. I, I do after great... dinner speaking. Yeah, exactly. If, you... <laughs> if you've got the Sandcraft Signature 12 MTK mixer, can it also play via USB and record through USB at the same time? I'm getting different answers to that. That's the problem I'm having. I can't record what my computer is playing back down that USB. If you know, let me know. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Thank you. So boring. Okay, so I want to talk about what I bought this <sighs> week. And show, I, honestly. I can't, I did forget sort, a lot of stuff sort of with me today. Yeah, do you know something? That toaster is so good. I'm going to no, do a demo. I've decided I'm going to do a Don't demo. Don't you dare do a demo of a toaster. I want to do a demo of my toaster. Why can't I do a demo of my toaster? Someone actually said to me the other day, I think it was uh, someone on James, I think it was, on Mastodon said mm. uh, that we should, ever do a we should call this show Double Toast. Which, oh, that's to be honest, t- the way it's terrible. going, actually, that could work, actually. Yeah, double Toast. <laughs> that's enough of that nonsense. What have you purchased? Uh, well, I bought myself, in fact, you know, because I told you yesterday and I told you last week. Uh, I'm setting it up here <laughs> well, thanks, people right, okay. that may not have been regular listeners. How dare How you? How dare you? How dare you? Skipping episodes. That's uh, not on. No, I'll it's be not. Sending, I'll be sending you to the headmaster. Mr. F. Yep. Oh, bless you, Mr. F. I'm so sorry. Okay, so... Uh, Stephen did it. <laughs> <laughs> the, this is the Shocks Open Fits uh, earbuds. Oh. Now, these are a little bit different because uh, Shocks, or Aftershocks, as we used to know them, uh, well, were known for their bone conduction headsets, and they would be... You know, those kind of headsets that would go round the back of your head, sit over your ear, and then there would be these little speakers, essentially, that would sit on the front of your, uh, just in the front of your ears. So not by actually, your temples, right? Yeah, on your temples, yeah. So not yeah. actually in your ear, but just sit in front of your ear. So just a little bit forward on your temples. And 
a lot of people really like them and they're very popular in the blind community. And I've been to a lot of events where this company show up. So, you know, they're clearly listening to and take an interest in the blind community because they've seen the dollar signs. Finally, someone realises we've got money and we want to spend it. I haven't. But, no, yeah, hang obviously. on. But why are they so popular? Well, because that bone conduction, right? So uh-huh. what bone conduction does is it allows you to listen to audio from your device via Bluetooth. There's no wires on these ones. And you can uh, connect up with, say, VoiceOver or Android with TalkBack or even your PC or your Mac. And you can listen to your screen reader. You can listen to your navigation uh, app or whatever it is of choice. And you can move around the space still hearing everything around you. So I hear every single thing that's going on around about you because your ears aren't blocked at all. No, the sound sort of plays inside your head. It's a really strange thing, but it works really well for being able to hear what's around you. I remember the first day I got Aftershocks headphones and I put them on and I actually thought I was going to be sick. Not not because of anything to do with the headphones, <laughs> but because I just couldn't understand in my head how this was going to work. Hang on, you got so confused that you nearly vomited. I, I actually okay. nearly, I, because I was so excited about I it, but I was, also, I was also utterly terrified by it. Because I thought, how is this? And I hadn't even turned them on by this stage. So anyway, I put them on, I wear them, and you know, on, on the first second, I'm like, wow, that is incredible. How, because I couldn't understand how the sound was getting into my head. Uh, yeah. But, of course, it goes in through the ear canal channel, you know, bone thing. I don't know. I'm not a well doctor. Done. But, you know. Oh, sorry. I think a doctor's just got in touch. Um, but, yeah, so the bottom line is that you have these uh, headsets that you can wear, and they're really, really good, and a lot of people really like them. However, for me personally, and this is just me, I have a ridiculously large head. Now, that may not surprise a lot of people out there, uh, but let's stop that. Stop that at once. This is not a funny story. Yes, Yes, exactly. Uh, Well, some people are are actually questioning the size of my head online. There's a bit of a debate going on at the minute. Is there? Yeah, because people are are kind of confused, I think, as to how big my head must be for these not to fit. Yeah. Can't miss. A pumpkin on Halloween. There you go. Have a, have a think about that. Um, but yeah, so they don't, they don't go around my head very well. And that means that what tends to happen is because they're kind of pulled back each side because of the ridiculously large bit at the back of my head called my skull, uh, they kind of pull back and end up in my ear. So it doesn't work for me. Um, and then it just tickles your ear because these are just basically yeah. vibrating pads that generate the sound, right? They're not actually speakers, but they're just vibrating pads pumping the vibrations into your skull. That's right. Um, and that they can, can be, be a, a little bit tickly, I find, to be honest, sometimes. And I found that as well. Uh, but you're right. And you have to, you can't have it very loud for that reason, because if you were to turn the volume up too loud, you would get that tickling sensation as you talk about because you are, yes. they're just vibrating. So you need to have the volume down a bit, which isn't too bad because you don't really want it to be that loud. You don't need it to be that loud. Oh, it's more than loud enough, right? It, Absolutely. Yeah, you can always hear it above traffic or whatever else. But, you know, there are some other issues here, right? Because, of course, you do have the fact that the band is on your head. So, you know, moving around is difficult. If you wanted to lie in bed at night and listen to something with these on, that could be tricky because the band might, you know, would, would hit your head off it with a pillow and it'd be all a bit weird um lying on your side might not work so easily so there are reasons why some of these particular headsets might not work for everybody there is one particular headset at the minute which i have to say is a fantastic headset for people going into work uh my wife has a pair of these i have a pair of these as well i think you've got a pair or your partner does huh? uh the open com is that right you, that's you right these? yes that's the one she's using right now uh, it's got a boom arm mic on them it does for, for taking telephone calls. Amazing. Well, that's the thing. The sound quality of these, and this is often the thing, isn't it? When you buy headsets, no matter which headset it is, if it's Bluetooth, the audio quality... It's usually a bit... In fact, that's, that's yeah. actually better. It doesn't end like that at all. So that's better than what it sounds like. Uh, but yes. this, as you well know, I play this game with you all the time. Whenever I buy something new that's oh. a headset, I will always call you, and I will like, how does it sound? How does it sound? And yes. often the answer is terrible. Yes, usually. Uh, but when I called you on the open comms, you were actually impressed. Uh, it was the best Bluetooth mic I've heard. It yeah. was just so, what's the word? It was just constant. Usually they're you know, in and out or they get a little bit staticky, but it sounded really nice. Now, it did sound like it was you know not in front of your mouth, if you like, but you know that's to be expected. But still, the quality of it was top-notch. I didn't... Uh, 
any stage think, what did he say? Which I have done before on various yeah, of course. Bluetooth mics. I mean, obviously, you know, the problem with you and I is we hear each other in front of broadcast microphones every day. So when That's you hear right. it's yeah. anything less quality than that, it just feels like you're missing something. Yeah. But, you know, if you can enjoy a conversation with these, and you can with the open comms, like you say, it's got that little protruding boom arm which goes out on the side. I think that's brilliant. And it actually does help a lot, especially if you're using something like JAWS um, or Teams. You can even buy an open comm. I saw this, one of these, univer- what do they call it? The universal, um, it's got the adapter, basically, the USB adapter that goes with it. Is it universal right. comms or something they call it? Or I can't remember. But yeah, you get know. the little UC. They call it UC. And that you can put that into your computer and that gives you a direct connection over that type of connection rather than Bluetooth, which I think oh, is right. better. Uh, and certainly it's less laggy than you might get over Bluetooth if you were using, say, JAWS. Mm. Um, so that's unified communications. That's what it was. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Unified communications. So that often works with Teams, Zoom, Skype, all those kind of things. But... Uh, and also, you know, it's important to say that these were born for runners, really. That was kind of what this was all built for. So people could go out running, they could have music on, and they could run, but they would also be able to hear their surroundings as well, which is very important when you're going out running, obviously. Hang on, Hang on a minute. When you say these were born, which ones are we talking about? Well, I should say the company itself was born out of this need. Uh, they've I... developed products which has kind of gone off track a little bit and... Track, ironically. Like it. And well uh, yeah, they've gone into other areas, in particular workplace. I would, I'm and, sorry. Uh, yeah. I would say I do not like them for music. Bone conduction and music, for me, just doesn't work. I they're didn't say they're any good at it. I just said no. that that's what they were built for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great for vocal, you know, listening to an audiobook or as you say, the screen reader, absolutely fantastic. For music, it's just not enough with bone conduction. I haven't found a good one for bone conduction and music as so, of yet. We say all that, and then I tell you I've just bought these new OpenFit, open-ear, true wireless earbuds Oof. from the company, formerly known as Aftershocks, now called Shocks, S-H-O-K-Z. Why have I done that? Well, because these are very different. These are not bone conduction for a start. They do not have a band going around the back of your head. These are individual little earbuds which have an ear hook which you can put over your ear and the little speaker just sits and fires the audio directly into your ear. Uh, it's a different type of conduction. They call it air conduction. Oh, clever. Okay, so the the speaker itself, or let's say the earbud, everyone sort of knows what that is, mm-hmm. is floating just by your ear or just over the ear canal? Or? Just over the top of your ear. So right. this little ear hook that you have will go into your ear and then you can just, you'll actually feel this little earbud kind of just float above the top of your ear. So the actual ear canal, the, where the ear canal is, is still clear. So gotcha. there's nothing obstructing it at all. Now, all the things we've just said about audio quality, about microphone quality, I had to say when I got these, I thought these are probably not going to have great microphones in them because there has to be a compromise somewhere with the size. Um, because it's air conduction and not bone conduction, but well, we've had a little bit of experience of this before because we've had the Bose frames. Um, mm-hmm. What was the other one we had? The Soundcore, Soundcore frames, frames as well. Yeah. And, and they do a very similar thing. The sound is fired downwards from those uh, arms, arms of the glasses. Thank, thank you. you. And, um, <laughs> not legs, arms. Well, yes. Whatever your choice is, into your ear. <laughs> but the problem there is you get a lot of leakage from that. Because essentially the sound is being fired downwards from the glasses, but it's going into your ear and it's also going out to the room as well. So the louder mm-hmm. that noise is, the louder your music or whatever you're listening to is, everyone else will hear it. And I used to find with the Bose uh, frames in particular that you would often notice that people sitting next to you would suddenly start being aware of your screen reader or yes. aware of your navigation or even your music. And, and that was kind of off-putting for me because it didn't feel like something I could really enjoy. And again... The issue with those was sound quality. Yes, great for voiceover, great for navigation apps, great for all the spoken word stuff, but not great with music. So how do these fare? Well, let me tell you a little bit about them first before I give you my thoughts here. So this is actually only came out at the end of last month. They're only fairly new. I I had no idea about them at all, but they are very, very small. Uh, They are 8.3 grams as well each. So we're talking very, very light. Um... Each earbud has a, it's actually a silicon band that goes around it, 
uh, and that is what it does not cover Uriah Canal at all. And what they've done here is you, you've got all this technology inside this. Battery is incredible as well. Seven hours you can get wow. out of this battery. Seven hours on a charge. Uh, you get a charging case with it as well. The charging case has the magnetic connection, so you can take an earbud off and it will click into the into place, so it will begin charging immediately. And with five minutes of charge, you'll get one extra hour. But in cool. total, with this little charging case, you'll get 28 hours. Wow, that's cool. So there's a lot of battery in this, considering the size of it as well. In terms can you of, use one at a time? Yes, you can. Oh, even better. Yeah. yeah. Now, what they say here is that the direct pitch technology, I love all these names they come up with, um, creates a full audio experience that immerses, immerses users in their favourite songs, products, and audiobooks, podcasts, I should say, and audiobooks, along with Shock's open bass. Oh. Shock's proprietary low-frequency enhancement algorithm to carry low-frequency vibrations directly towards your ear without covering it. Now that sounds like marketing speak to me, Stephen Scott. Yeah, can you it does. Uh, can you validate that? So I put these on, yes. and I immediately think to myself, "Okay, let's hear what it sounds like with voiceover," because that's the first thing I'm going to hear, right? Of course. So I put them in my ear. Voiceover starts speaking. First thing I'm noticing is how clear, and how concise, and how good actually this voice sounds. But bear in mind, I'm using eloquence on the iPhone, so Oof. I don't want to trust that too much okay <laughs> yes so then i think let's put on some music so with both earbuds in i put on some music i was blown away i was blown away at the really? sound quality i genuinely was and i just want to say at this point as well i bought these with my own money shocks have never sent me these or yes. anything else for that matter <laughs> um but you know i, I bought these on with my own money i was really really impressed with the sound quality uh, I have to say, uh, of the AirPod quality, they are not far off it. Now, the wow. difference being, there is a difference, obviously. The difference being is that there is that sense of distance between you and the speaker, because there is one. Mm -hmm. There is a distance between that. And, of course, there's no noise cancellation going on. You can't silence out the room. But if you're in a quiet room, as I was at the time, if you're in a quiet room and you put these on your ears and you listen to some music, it actually is very pleasant. Now, for me personally... Um, I like it quite loud. I think that's just because I worked in radio for so many years. I've probably shot my ears <laughs> out with doing that. So, you know, for me, it could be a little bit louder. But, you know, and I haven't tested it in the real world, as in out there you know, on a bus or on a, a train, you know, where there's lots of noise around me. I don't know how that's going to fare. Mm. Um, it, it might be left, I might be left wanting a little bit. And that's maybe where the AirPods are, are better because they're in your ear. But, the key thing here is that I am able to listen to music in this and the sound quality is good. The bass response was incredible, considering these are not in your ear. I am so surprised by that because like you say, it's all about you know blocking out the uh, external noise and getting it as close to your eardrum as possible. That's right. Um, so being away from that, that is really cool. And I think it's because you don't have the audio directly in your ear you can kind of enjoy it a little bit more. It feels like you're listening to it on speakers in front of you. And that's yeah, actually quite yeah. nice. You know, it's quite yeah. a nice feeling rather than having it jammed in your ear all the time. And that brings us to comfort because, you know, a lot of people love their AirPods. I love my AirPods. But after a while, they get a little bit sore in your ear. And yeah. you think, oh, I could do with taking these out. And that can be irritating. With these, because they're all, they're, what is it, 8.3 grams or something I said they were, they are so light, you don't even notice them. You will, I will be honest, you will, not, for the first few days, you'll probably find that the band takes a little bit of adjustment to get used to your ear, the little silicone ear hook that comes with it. That may, you may feel that a little bit as it just adjusts itself. And you can adjust it, you can manually adjust it. There's no tech in there, so you can adjust that as you wish. Yeah. But that will take a little bit of time to get used, you know, you used to wearing that. But that's it. And to be honest, it's a minor thing. I actually got to a point where I'd gone to bed forgot they were on and lay down and of course it hits the then side you got of my notification. ear. Yeah, I'm like, oh, hello. I completely forgot I was wearing it. And that's interesting. That says a lot. So, you know, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Can you go? Because I, I know you are, I, I'm sure you've got a thousand questions. I have. No, well, firstly, right, it's really strange because my partner was just saying the other day about how she 
didn't like I bought her the as you said the open comms but mm. it, the when she's let down taking a phone call it's that bar behind her head she doesn't like uh, so these are perfect but the thing I worry about when we're talking about separate earbuds is losing them obviously I'm always mm. slightly nervous about wearing my airpods outside because um, if they fall that's it I'm, they're lost basically I'm, unless I fire up be my eyes or Ira um, so how secure do these feel? Do they feel like, you know, they're, they're able to fall off or are they pretty rock solid? If you can get these to fall out your ear, then you clearly have the world's tiniest ears. Or because biggest. there is absolutely... That's <laughs> earist, is it? Um, but I, I honestly, I tried everything to get these to move. Because the silicon sits behind your ear and it cups your ear, there is actually no way for it to come out. There's no way for it to get off your ear. Uh, yeah, okay. So does this hook over your ear? I'm thinking like the Ambios, for example. They sort of hook over your ear and yep. then curl over uh, over the bottom and, and go in your... But that actually goes into your ear. So is that the same thing? That's right. So exactly that. And, and the, the thing is, of course, there's been lots of sports-type headphones or earphones along the way that have tried this kind of design. And the problem with those is that the, you can't get the the little bit that goes into your ear. You can't get the earbud into your ear because it keeps coming out. Yes, that's to, right. To marry up with the ear hook, right? So you, it's very difficult to get those to sit, and I've never found a pair of those very comfortable. But this is kind of taking that classic shocks design of using bone conduction, although this time they call it ear conduction, and what they're doing is they're using that hook design to go with it, which means you don't have that connection between your head uh, you know, between your ears at the back of your head, and you have got the ability for these things to stay on your ear all the time. Uh, it is pretty impressive how how well they stay. Um, and again, you know that that time twenty hours of music listening time when charged in the charging case. Um, that's nice, making yep. it great for anyone who's on the move. But you know that you know that's music listening time. So let's just equate that with voiceover. We probably are not going to be listening as consistently as that. So. You know, we're definitely going to get the value of time on this. Uh, also, IP54 water-resistant rating as well. I don't know what that means. So basically, uh, I think that means it's waterproof in terms of rain. rain. I, don't know if, I don't know if you could go swimming in that. I'm not sure yeah. about these IP ratings. I don't think you could do that. I think we used to call it splash-proof rather yeah, than waterproof I think you're right. back in the day. Yes, rain, sweat, and things like that, it'll be absolutely fine. Also, there's touch pads built in as well, so you can touch the device. You don't have to touch them very hard either. You know, you can just you can just double tap to pause. You can uh, double tap and hold for next. Or you can also customize all of this through the app. Yes, I will. There is an app, and I will get to that in a moment. Um, and you know, yeah, th these are just really really impressive. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I'll mention the app because it is next on my list. Actually, uh, I did go through the app. There is a Shocks app that you can download. In terms of accessibility, there are a number of unlabeled buttons on there, which is oh, kind of on, upsetting. Shocks. Some of them, if you use screen recognition, you can figure out. Other ones are labelled, but you've got to kind of navigate through to hear, you know, might hear button, but then you've got to swipe again to hear what the title of the button is. Um, you can in there, and this is the most important bit, really, update the firmware, which is the first thing I had to do when I got them. And that was quite useful because I saw a few reviews saying that when you uh, had these in your ear, sometimes the left or the right would just give up. Um, but mm. the firmware update I did seemed to fix that, that immediate problem that I was aware of at the beginning where you would get, a, you know, say I answered a call, I would get the call start in my left ear and then come to the right ear. And then the right ear would flicker for a bit and then it would settle. So, right, yeah. Um, that was resolved with the firmware update. So clearly that's something they're working on. Um, but you can update the firmware on it. You can also control the bass response. You can control treble. You can customize the EQ a little bit on there. Accessibly? Um, well, you can with the, the not with the customized control. That's a bit more tricky um, okay. because of, of the number of <laughs> sliders you'd have to yeah, go into yeah. and try so and figure out which sliders are what. It's got presets, though. I'm but guessing. there are presets, yeah. You can just go in and you can choose you know, higher bass, yeah. higher treble or whatever you want. There's a vocal mode as well, which is quite good. I'm slightly um, disappointed in that. I'll be honest yeah, with you. That. I always thought Aftershocks were <laughs> a blind company. Because I just thought we were the, the main customers when it came to bone conduction. Um, obviously, I was wrong. Mainly, it was for 
fitness and running. It is. I mean, that's where they came from, that, right? I mean, okay, yes, they've moved into other areas. Like I was saying, they've moved away from the from the running for some of their other products, like the open comms, which are more for the office, and mm-hmm. these, which again are for running, are for people out and about. And, and a lot of runners and, and people who are going to the gym, they will love this. I saw a reviewer talking about the fact that he loved going to he loves going to the gym, but he always finds with earbuds they just as soon as he goes lies back on a bench, they just fall out fall his ears. Out. Yes. This doesn't move. So that can be really useful. But I think the key thing for us is the ability to navigate around our space with good audio, even better if we can get audio that we can listen to music on. Yeah. And at the same time be safe and know where we are, we know our surroundings, we can hear our surroundings as well. Which is why I am giving these, wait for it. <gasps> to me? Oh, thank you. No, oh. I'm giving these the best, or the blind, earbuds title. No! I'm giving it that title today. Hang, hang on, hang on. Who were the previous holders of the blind headphones or I think they were probably AirPods. the AirPods. I think the AirPods, yeah. I think so, yeah. Or AirPods Pro, I should say, because they, they certainly have a lot of features in them. Transparency the price is amazing. As well, uh, <gasps> important to know the price. Uh, yes. In US dollars, $179.95. Um, Prime Day is today and tomorrow, so check out your local Amazon. You never know. Maybe there's a deal on today. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, you should definitely check that out. Uh, but uh, yeah, one seven nine nine five—that is the price in US dollars, uh, and that's the same in pounds. So I'm yes. wondering if that would be the same in Canadian I, as well. I did see in the at least in the UK Amazon store that they were available on uh, EasyPay. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, split into three payments, so that does make it a little easier to swallow at that price. I'm really impressed by them. I'm really, really it sounds impressed. it. I've never heard you so impressed by something before. Usually you just, eh, it's okay. Well, do you know what? It's because I always have to go to something else. So, for example, yeah, I mean, I love my Bose frames, but I can't sit and listen to music on them. This, no. I can sit and listen to music as well as use voiceover, as well as use my phone. I will say there's only one tiny niggle, and that is the Bluetooth lag. There's just a little bit of lag, which is just a typical mm. Bluetooth thing. Yeah. But it is something to be aware of. That might irritate some people. But other than that, I am giving these the blind earbud status. So there wow. you go. Uh, Shocks S-H-O-K-Z, OpenFit is the name, and they are available now. You can get them wherever you get your stuff. I'm not selling them, but you can uh, choose to try them out if you'd like. I certainly would recommend them. Uh, Listen, uh, stick around. We're going to be uh, finding out next what you've been saying. We'll get into the feedback next here on Double Tap on AMI-audio and podcast. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And on Mastodon at Double Tap. Okay, shall we get back to the feedback, Sean Priest? Because we get lots of it, as you well know. Oh, the feedbox? I love the feedbox. Let's hear I it. love the feedbox. Uh, Kyler has got in touch. I have to say, uh, Kyler is a huge fan of AI. And I have realised with Kyler, uh, I think he prefers being represented by AI. Uh, which is why he keeps sending his special agent to us. I'm confused. Greetings, noble double tappers. Uh, I am Aurora. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Kyler is currently at an employment experience camp and prefers to save the use of his vocal cords for a time when it would actually be useful. (laughs) LOL. First of all, I would like to mention that according to Kyler's research succeeding the events of your OpenScape episode, that unfortunately the OpenScape beta is full, darn it. (laughs) Next... You should probably know that iOS 17's personal voice feature has been confirmed not to work with voiceover. Although when you say that in Sean's perspective, maybe that's a good thing. Hashtag friend of the shed. Thank you. In conclusion, I would also like to confirm that iPhone 14 devices with the dynamic island will now play a chime when the battery is low, as confirmed by Grace D from Don't Mind Being Blind. In order to prevent this log from being unnecessarily lengthy, I'm going to cut it off here. Stay out of trouble, guys. Wow, thank you for that, Aurora. <laughs> strangest voicemail in the world. But thank you, Kyler and Aurora. Aurora, Aurora. That was Aurora, very nice. Uh, uh, Kyler has been on the case with this, I think with Eleven Labs in particular since its inception. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, know he, I know he's loving it. But yeah, thank you, Kyler. I really appreciate that. Um, 
And uh, yeah, the Open Skate Beta, well, look, that is going to be a thing, isn't it? I mean, it's like the Be My Eyes virtual volunteer. Or what, be my, I, be my AI. That's the new one, uh, the new name for it. I suggested Be My AIRA, but they didn't go for that name for some reason. Wow. Oh, wow. Know, You're causing much. trouble over there. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's not a good idea. Don't, don't mix the, don't cross the streams. Is that the I, thing? <laughs> no, well done. A movie reference. Well done, a you. movie reference that wasn't, uh, I don't know, Forrest Gump or whatever yes. it is I choose to <laughs> pick up on. There is, of course, Voice Vista now available mm. for those of you who are desperate to get on the OpenScape beta. Voice Vista is also a soundscape. Um, I was going to say clone, but that seems disrespectful. But, yeah, um, it's not. Yeah. It's an option. And also Good Maps Outdoors. That right? I just don't have much luck with that. I don't know if that's a country specific thing because I know lots of people love it in the US. Yeah, it's just like that Oco app. Everyone's raving about the Oco app, but it's a US only. Well, it's not US only, it's, there are other countries, but it's, it's not Canada, not the UK. Yeah. So none of us can try it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great though, but not for it us. It does. I, I, I cannot wait for that to appear because that actually, that's an app that is brilliant when you think about it. Um, I know I know friends of mine who go abroad sometimes and they often say, you know, the problem with the different types of traffic light systems is they just cannot figure out. When I was in Amsterdam, I could barely figure out how to cross a road because it doesn't, it doesn't always make sense. And even in Canada, I was a bit confused because it seems mad? to beep all the time. In Canada, that one by the hotel was like the size of a mixing desk. It was like trying to fly a... 747. You had to choose the route you were going to take to that island and then that island. It was incredible. I only yeah. wanted a KFC. I know, exactly. And, and the laugh is we didn't have to cross the road. There was no need to cross the road. <laughs> I, I still don't know why you were standing there. But the thing that gets me is when I was in Toronto, the, the, the traffic lights beeped all the time. And I couldn't work out when it was telling me to go and when it was or telling me go. to stay. I was just like beep, 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 beep. It was just beeping all the time. I thought... What is this telling me? So, and, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you, you know, you can imagine from a sighted perspective, there will be a system in place that makes total sense. But yeah. if you're coming up to that for the first time, and all you're yeah. just hearing is a succession of beeps. and is that a lorry you know, reversing? Except, well, that's right. What, what am I listening <laughs> to here? And, you know, thankfully, because, of course, Toronto, big city, lots of people around, you know, you would always have someone who would say, hey, you can go now and brilliant you know but um yeah. i have to say this is just total aside here um for anyone crossing a road just always take extra care this is why this technology is actually really good because the the oco app for example because i remember crossing a road once and it's a horrible story actually when you think about it but it did happen i was crossing a road and someone told me it was safe to go and i just heard the voice saying it's safe to go and do you know that way I tuned in immediately to the fact there was a smile in the guy's voice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just, I didn't go. I chose to stay. And just at that, something, car, truck, bus, I have no idea, just flew past. And I thought, wow, I'd have been under that. Didn't you chase him down and murder him? Not murder him, obviously. Beat him to within an inch of his life. If, if I could run, Sean, <laughs> that would... <laughs> Run, Forrest, run. There you go. There's my uh, Forrest Gump reference. I know that was a terrible story, wasn't it? But it's true. That happened. And it was just horrible, the fact that people will do these nasty things. They're not Mm -hmm. all nice people out there, you know. Some people are genuinely horrible. Except John, who emailed in. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) That was brought it by, didn't it? Weirdly. Uh, Laura reads our emails. Well, this was supposed to be a short email. Uh Uh-oh. Hello. Like you, I was overjoyed to discover OpenScape. I'm rarely without someone with a working pair of eyes, but what Soundscape always gave me was a way to engage with where I was. So instead of feeling like I was being herded from one place to another, I could randomly chime out with the places we were passing, or even better, were about to pass, as if I had some kind of psychic power. Similarly, the times I do use it to navigate myself and my sighted partner have made me feel genuinely useful for once. The latest beta also brings the ability to import routes and markers from Soundscape, so anyone waiting for this best hold off uninstalling Soundscape for now. I might be being overly cynical, but I can't help feel that both Seeing AI and Soundscape are just research apps for Microsoft. Just as blind users, we were perfect guinea pigs for helping them develop their machine learning algorithms. I think maybe they just took Soundscape as far as it needed to go. This would also explain why they never released Android versions – The iPhone is likely far easier to develop for because there are relatively smaller numbers of devices to support with a pretty consistent hardware. I enjoyed Sean's NFC demo. 
I used them a few years ago to control my Sonos until I got more comfortable with using voice control. My first thought was how it would be a great use of the Apple Watch because it was an NFC reader for Apple Pay, but it seems it won't allow you to read any other types of NFC tag, which seems like another missed opportunity for the watch. I have such mixed feelings about the Vision Pro. Given how difficult Apple seems to find it to make voiceover work properly in two dimensions, I can't help but feel like this is running before you can walk. But it's hard not to get excited by the potential, even if it's likely going to be a few years before we really benefit from it, assuming that enough rich executives can buy it to make it worthwhile for Apple. I see that VoiceDream Scan has been rebranded, and it sounded like VoiceDream has been acquired or something. They have now renamed it rather unfortunately to VD Scan. Maybe this is just a UK thing, but that sounds like an entirely different type of app to me (laughs) and not necessarily one I'd like someone to find installed on my iPhone. Mm. Finally, I've been listening to your conversations about Braille with interest. I've been curious about how this works since learning a screen reader. The thought of being able to use a computer quietly really appeals to me, even though I doubt my Braille skills will ever be good enough although I can't quite get my head around how you can move around the screen and know what it's trying to tell you at the same time. I know this is a stupid question, but can you explain how it works on a practical level? Um, Right. Sorry, I've been bottling up my thoughts as usual. Apologies to Laura if you have forced her to read all this rubbish out. John from Northampton. (laughs) Oh, not at all, John. Laura loves it. She loves it. She loves your emails, as we do. Um, Stephen, that's over to you. That, That practical... Oh. <laughs> navigating around because yeah. it's just the um, same um, as a screen reader right yeah it is but obviously there are differences look the truth be told i think for most people and i say most maybe that's generalizing too much but i think a lot of people who have a braille display will use a qwerty keyboard to navigate the computer but they'll use the the braille to to read where they are so for example if you hit the windows key you know, you get the start window popping up and then you will get search, I guess, probably will be the first text to show up. I think that's what mm-hmm. happened on mine when I did that. I don't I don't use my computer with a Braille display. I, I'm just not there yet. I feel that's just a, a world beyond for me at the moment. Basic reading is about as far as I can go. So in terms of navigation, you would probably need quite a bit of learning. They call it grade three unofficially. Really? And, and there is a fantastic podcast out there called Brailcast, which is uh, hosted by Dave Williams and the team and Matthew Horspool, who's been on the show as well uh, recently. He, um, well, the, the guys over at Braille, um, Braillists Foundation, actually, is an organization in the UK, and they have this this podcast. And they get into a lot of detail on all this stuff if you, if you want to really dig into that, uh, because they, they can talk about it far more eloquently than I can. But it's well worth checking that out. But yeah, they call it Grade 3 which is essentially the computer learning side of it. So you've learned grade one, which is the alphabet and punctuation and numbers. Grade two is the contractions. Grade three is how to interact with the computer. Um, so, yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of grade 1.1 at the moment. So, you know, <laughs> kind of getting there slowly. But I'm 0.5. <laughs> I just okay. don't feel I'm there yet with that one. Uh, so I don't really want to dig into that. But if anyone wants to maybe talk through that and, and maybe talk through it with us, maybe we'll get one of the Brailists guys on. That yeah. might actually be quite an interesting conversation. I would, I would really love to hear from someone who did learn Braille later on in life. Because I, I, I keep saying this as well. I don't think that I'd be able ever to get my Braille skills to a level where they'd be really, really useful. Because I've left it too long. Is that actually the case? Can you learn Braille at 40 or 50 or 30 and become <sighs> really proficient in it? Okay. I'll give you a, my response to that, right? Okay. Which is, I think that I, I had an experience last weekend where I decided to try and connect my uh, Braille display, my Focus 14, which, I, by, by the way, I managed to fix by myself. It wasn't working properly. I fixed it. I actually managed to solve the problem. Did you just hit it with a hammer? Oh, I tried that. That didn't work. Uh, so what I did was I connected it to the computer got it hooked up and you know to, with jaws got it all working and then was able to update the firmware on it and figure out there was a lock keys were locked somewhere and it would not go and oh. i managed to get them unlocked and i did so it all myself it wasn't broken at all then it was simply no. locked but can i can i just say the achievement yeah. of getting that fixed by myself well and knowing, and an knowing what button. i was doing I, 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 hang on do we have an applause button <laughs> hang on Oh, there we go. There we go. Well done, you. Timing is everything in this. I I often feel that. Little Um, victories. Well done. (laughs) 
that wasn't a victory. That was embarrassing. Uh, but so I, d- I decided to take the, br- the Braille display and I thought, I wonder if I could hook this up to the Apple TV because I had hooked up a Bluetooth keyboard to the Apple TV and found it incredibly difficult to navigate. I just oh. can't figure it out. I thought it'd be really simple. I thought arrow keys, VO up and down, something. But yes. no, it just doesn't seem to work very well. I don't know what it okay. is. So I thought, I'll try the Braille display. And with the limited experience I've had of actually sitting down and doing a lot of reading, and that's that's something that's on me, and it's something I'm addressing now, and I'll get to that. Um, I was able to hook it up, and I was able to navigate. I'll t- <laughs> this is pathetic, right? But I'll tell you the real reason I wanted to get a keyboard hooked up. It was just because I wanted to mute the speech when I was watching a show. Because when you have voiceover oh, turned yes. on with the Apple TV, it, it just talks all over it. You start a show... Yeah. And it starts reading out the time. It contains violence. Yeah, and, and then it tells you the zero, zero, <laughs> so zero, 44. And then it tells you the synopsis of the show at just random intervals. And so I just wanted to mute the speech. So I was able to do that. I was able to just silence the speech, which was great. And um, then I got to navigating. And I thought, I'm not putting voiceover back. I'm not putting speech back on. I just want to read it. So I did. I was able to read through all the apps and read through the Netflix content and read through the... I was able to navigate it all, and I thought, this is actually fantastic. And that's when I started to realise this could become useful. Not so much in a sitting reading a book all day kind of thing, oh, I'd like to do that, but in those kind of practical senses. And another thing I did that night, actually, because I got all excited about this, was I thought, how can I use this in a really practical way, in a way I would enjoy, something I would actually do? And that is going through my music playlists. So I connected it to my phone, and I was going through my music playlists, and I was able to listen to the music and enjoy it without having voiceover talking over it and then look through the playlist and say, oh, that song's on there, okay. You know, because you get all these Apple playlists and there's loads of different ones and you can just go through and sometimes it'll even just mix, you you know, a playlist for you. And I could just go through that and just list through all that the, is a fantastic example i didn't yeah. even think of that but you're absolutely the amount of times i'm sort of almost cursing voiceover when i'm looking for it just a fast forward or next track button and it's talking all over the music i'm listening well that's the thing and it's not only that it, it, it's annoying you because you're trying to enjoy the music yeah it ducks the music as well if you have that option turned on so you're yeah. having that constant ducking going on and you just kind of feel i just want to listen to my music in peace but i also want to be able to see the screen read the screen and what i loved about it and the simplest thing up to and and the reason i thought it might be quite good to do that is because the text is always short it's going to be just a few words you know title of a song artist name that's it so i don't have to sit and try and read reams of stuff Mm. i can just sit there and and just practice reading by going through and (laughs) it's that thing where you're going through it there was one (laughs) there was one i just could not figure out and i'm like this word doesn't make any sense. And I'm thinking, what is this? And I was trying, to, what I was doing was I was listening to a song and then I would go to the next song in the list and try and figure out what it was saying. So I'm like, okay. So yeah. I got Hero. And I'm like, Hero. Okay, Hero, right? So immediately I'm thinking Mariah Carey because Mariah Carey sings Hero. So it's going to be her. And I'm like, no, hang on, that's an E, right? And it's a Q in there as well. And, and of course, the problem is that the letters are starting to confuse me. I'm not even reading anymore. I'm now trying to work out, like playing Wheel yeah. of Fortune with yeah, a Braille yeah, display. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to work this out. And then I realized, so I, I, I couldn't figure it out. I, was like, I, I can't do that. I don't know what that is. And I, I started playing and it was Enrique Iglesias. And I went, of course, the cue, ah, right? That makes yes. sense now. Yes. But I, I just, it was almost like I didn't trust myself because I thought, why am I getting a cue here? Is that a cue? And so you start questioning everything. and But that's the joy of, of doing this. You know, it's just actually going through the process of beginning to trust Be what you're reading. hero, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was nothing like it. But well I think done. that was exactly what it was. I, I think well the done. good news is that the copyright people have nothing to worry about today. <laughs> they have no need for us today. Uh, but, yeah, very interesting. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you, John. Uh, there are, uh, and of course, OpenScape as well. I want to bring that point up as well because, um, well, not so much no. OpenScape, but Soundscape. Oh, I want to jump in. Oh, no, uh, carry on. The, the ability to export and import markers. I was just thinking that this very morn, how how they should do that. You know, Microsoft should give us an option to export the markers because that it would. I've got a lot of markers set up. And mm. It's not difficult to, to do them again, but it's like, it'd be so much better if you could import and export. So this is fantastic. I didn't know. Yeah, that's that's a new feature that just came out. Um, I think an interesting point that John raised as well that I want to bring up is the one about us being guinea pigs. 
Now, we've talked a lot about this on the show with regard to hardware, right? There's always a lot of hardware that comes along, and, and sometimes we as blind people aren't really asked whether we want this hardware or not, but we end up dragged into it, and suddenly it's a, hey, you could spend lots of money on this thing, and it'll change your life. And we think, yeah. really? Is that something we want? Did Microsoft do that with Soundscape? Now, I think that's an interesting question. I would say I'm less bothered about being that guinea pig in this instance because I wasn't asked to pay anything. Right, it's an app I could download, I could play with for free, mm-hmm. I could contribute to, and yes, I'd be giving data over as well. But still, I'm able to use it for free, and I'm making that decision to do that. I'm okay with that. I think. I think I'm okay with that. I'm not saying my view on that will change in the future, but today I think I'm okay with that because what it did was it actually enabled this app to exist. If we hadn't contributed, if we hadn't given our mm-hmm. feedback to it, would this ever have even existed in, at all? Well, I'm not sure what the information they get from us. What they, what's the information they're trying to get? I mean, John mentioned machine learning there, but I mean, this is just using standard GPS tracking and um, you know, and dragging the information from a mapping service. I'm not entirely sure what information they would get from this that they wouldn't get from a thousand other uh, services and software and hardware they've got out there anyway. Look, every time you do a Google search or every time you go online, you're contributing to something somewhere that's yeah, eating your data. You know, if you've got a Facebook account, that's taking your data. If you've got a Twitter account, if you've got a Threads account, if you've got a Mastodon account, whatever it is, there's data being pulled somewhere. So we're all contributing to something. And if you use any of the new open AI stuff, you are most definitely contributing data because that's how the beast is being built. Of course. So, you know, we have to kind of accept that a little bit. Um I don't think I, I would never want to feel like we've been used in any way, but I don't think I certainly don't feel we have. And and this is why I think eventually we will thank Microsoft for making this open scape, uh, open space, whatever the heck it's called. Open source. Open source. That's <laughs> <laughs> too many words with the word open in it. I can't keep up anymore. Um, but I think that that needs to be. You know, I think eventually we'll we'll accept that that's you know. That was a good thing. I, I think we will. I think I think a lot of people who are seeing the new apps that are coming through and seeing the benefits <laughs> of it, I think, yes, because we all know the benefits of Soundscape. It was a brilliant app, and it's yes. just coming back in a new form. But, of course, the question is going to be how how this will appear long term. Will it be a subscription app? Mm-hmm. Will it cost us money? And, you know, you can you can raise your questions about that. But, uh, yeah, anyway, interesting discussion. Feel free to join in on this. Um, John also continues because he wasn't finished with that email. Oh, no. He came back with more. Just when you thought I'd finished. P.S. <laughs> a few seconds after sending my email, I came across an app called Voice Vista. This is available for free on the iOS App Store and is another soundscape fork. I've only had a very quick play with it. The main difference is that the menu in the top left is gone and there is a settings tab instead, but other than language, there's not much in there. No head tracking support, for example. But it's available for everyone now and it's free. The developer looks like he makes a lot of games that are very popular on Apple Viz, so that's a good sign. I will attempt to leave you in peace now. John from Northampton. (laughs) Thank you, John. Really appreciate that. Uh, I want to get another voicemail in before we go. This from Lewis. It's Lewis from Toronto. Um, I heard the other day you guys talking about technology and the cost of it and so on and so forth. I know that a while back I heard somewhere something about some kind of insurance for our tech stuff. I think something already or has existed for it. It'd be something to really look into and try and find out if it does still exist, if it's still available, or if any if any company would um, kind of be interested in uh, starting this up. Because after all, um, a $2,000 uh, or 2000 cell phone isn't something that you can just put out there all of a sudden when you lose yours or yours gets broken or yours gets stolen even. You know, uh, the laptop, again, the same thing. If somebody loses a, a, um, a uh, Apple computer, again, it's a whole bunch of money again. So, you know... Um, I think this would be something that could work for us, could be good for us. And, uh, yeah, it'd make you guys look good if you can find out the information, too. Anyway, <laughs> stay well, stay safe. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, um, Stephen. And have a good day. Bye-bye. It's Lewis from Toronto. Oh, thank, thank you, you, Lewis. Lewis. Um, now, it's funny that the, 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 your home insurance now, I find a lot of them have add-on modules, and you can have 
uh, for example, I've got on my home insurance an extra thing that I pay for for gadget insurance. Now, primarily, this was for things like your smartphone. But you can encompass other stuff like laptops and, and whatever else as well. So this may be something that's actually covered already or already available in, let's say, mainstream insurance. Um, but the thing is, with, with things like Braille displays, I mean, you're talking, you can be talking $5,000, right? I, I don't know how well that would be also covered in there. But uh, I think just your standard home insurance may be someone to talk to about that. Yeah, I, I I kind of feel that makes sense from what you're saying from the Braille point of view. But I'm I'm kind of thinking what what you're talking about, Lewis, is something which already should be in existence anywhere you get insurance. I mean, look, companies are falling over themselves these days to get you to sign up to some kind of insurance policy for for life or death or for you know everything in between. Life, Braille, and death. There you go. There's your insurance policy right there. It covers you for everything. Um, but you know. I, I think from the Braille display point of view or for any kind of specialist tech, the, the, I guess there's going to be more questions. Like, I know how difficult it is to try and get a Braille display through an airport. So, you know, what must it be like when you call an, air, uh, an insurance company, not an airline, but an insurance company and say, <laughs> hey, I want to insure this thing. And they go, a what? <laughs> What's yes. that? And it costs how much? Yeah. And we go, yeah, I know. Um, so, you know, it's really... The challenge might be there, but it's a good point, actually, to have something like an insurance policy in place because, you know, we're talking about a lot of money. I think less so with gadgets like that, with a phone or a computer, because you wow. can get those insurances already. I mean, for example, yes, just for the iPhone, just for the MacBook, you can get Apple Care. So that would cover you for, what, three years, I think? Mm -hmm. So you can get some coverage there. But, you know, and of course, like you say, home insurance would cover everything else or separate insurance policies. But... For specialist tech, I don't think there is a company that's covering you for that kind of insurance, specifically that type of gadget. If you know different, though, get in touch. I'd be really interested to learn about that. Uh, that's it for today. We're back tomorrow. As always, uh, check out our show on our podcast. We're here every day, noon Eastern on AMI-audio, and you can get in touch with us in all the usual ways through email and voicemail as well. And that's it for today, Sean. Thank you. Big announcement on tomorrow's show, so stick around for oh. that. And I would advise you check out Double Tap TV tonight. <gasps> the Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.